This episode is brought to you by the YouTube channel Comic Pop. If you enjoy this show, subscribe to youtube.com slash comic pop for even more deep dives into your favorite comics. Hello everyone and welcome to Off the Rack, the comic book review and recap show here on Comic Pop where we take comics from the past week and then share them with you and tell you what we thought about them and then make recommendations for books that come out this week we think you should pick up. I'm Sal. I'm Tiffany. So before we jump into the books, I wanted to make a quick PSA for you guys about Comic Pop specifically. Number one, as of the recording of this episode, we've crossed the 70,000 subscriber barrier we made it and it is in no small part to the incredible efforts thanks to comic storian yes who uh shared our theory about jason todd robin and damien which made a lot of people mad yes. but a made-up thing that's Sorry. never gonna happen and isn't really even happening did not want to make people angry but it made a lot of people <laughs> mad and apparently that's the way to get people just, going just that, a thought experiment <laughs> it's an old school marvel tactic by the way make them angry and they will buy your stuff oh i don't know if that ever works in any other way but uh it certainly worked for us but uh, we want to thank you all of course and yeah. if, anybody who's new here who's just subscribed and is like oh crap they're live right now hello welcome Hi. to the show uh, and welcome to the channel itself mm-hmm. uh and before before we jump into that, we want to say uh, we are going to be at the Keystone Comic Con in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania on mm-hmm. the 15th of September. We're going to be there actually all three days, but like the most important one to remember is September 15th at uh, 3 to 4 p.m. Our full, all four members of the team Comic Pop panel will be happening uh, from 3 to 4 p.m. in room 11B or 111, something like that. Don't, don't pay attention to the room because we don't know that it'll information be, right now. Well, but... I have the information. It's just that I don't have it in front of me. Yeah, but like, yeah, yeah. It'll, it'll be in the program. It's on the website. Go check it out. And mm-hmm. we hope to see you there. Uh, why should you go? Well, number one, uh, you're going to meet all of us, all four of us. We're going to hang out with you and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to be doing a big fun panel. And uh, we're also <laughs> going to be making... Um, merchandise comic pop merchandise available uh for purchase as well at this show uh, most notably these posters here which are uh lovely lovingly drawn by the uh incredible chris giruso who did g-man and mini marvels after arthur adams who did that iconic fantastic four uh, the new fantastic four uh cover that we did uh a back issues for actually not too long ago but uh, so yeah, you can pick up this poster. There's also another one with our real faces on them. But uh, you know what? This is better. I I paid money for this one as opposed to the other one, which was just us <laughs> like t- pick, taking pictures. Actually, you did the you designed the other poster. Yeah. So yeah, you can get this. We're signing them and making them happen. So uh, yes. come to the panel, and uh, we're gonna be coming out with a special video to be giving away two free passes to the Keystone Comic Con. Yes. For two or two, one lucky yeah. winner. So keep an eye it. out for that keep video. An eye out for this. Yeah. Yeah, that's coming out probably Ooh. in the next day or so. So probably tomorrow. Eh, probably not. I have to cut it. We'll see. Anyway, <laughs> so let's jump into it. There's a bunch of books that came out. Uh, I don't want to like dwell too long on any one particular one. Okay. So let's start off with Amazing Spider-Man, uh, number for four from Nick Spencer and Ryan Otley. How's uh, it going? Uh, I forgot everything that happened in this issue, and I read it two days ago. So well. Yeah, it's going great. <laughs> uh, so this is continuing the, like... The story of like, oh no, Spider-Man and Peter Parker are separated, and it's the, it's the power and responsibility angle again. We gotta worry about power and responsibility. It's funny. I was thinking about how like how badly I've wanted to see Peter Parker and Mary Jane get back together, and I've been teased it so many times through variant covers and alternate realities and Secret Wars tie-in events uh, that uh, you know. And when it finally happened, it was kind of like, why did you do it like that? Like, why'd you do it so quickly? Is it even gonna happen? And then I've heard rumblings that maybe it's like, oh no, they can be together, but they can never be married. It's like, oh well, then I'm not no. really interested. Because then it can end any time. Yeah. Even though apparently when they're married, they can end any time. But the, re- the reason why I'm like kind of like not so 
thrilled about this issue is because it retreads some old ground. Like, oh, did you know that like Spider-Man can't exist without the mantra power and responsibility? And Peter Parker realizes that the separated Spider-Man entity that lives out there or that's out there in the world today uh, lacks the moral lesson that he learned from Uncle Ben. Apparently he doesn't know. That Uncle Ben isn't okay. like Peter, he doesn't know about him at all. No, he doesn't remember him. Peter Parker oh. got all of the like Peter Parker stuff. Spider Man got all the Spider Man stuff, uh, but the the Uncle Ben stuff stuck with Peter Parker. Although oddly enough, the science stuff stayed with Spider Man, even though Peter Parker is kind of the scientist. How will he pass his finals? Uh, well, how will he how will he get into this program he's in? Uh, this is uh, this is graduate program. Yes, uh, that's being headed up by the lizard. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also find out more about the Tri Sentinel. Apparently, it's being manipulated by Mendelstrom, who's an old school villain that was like, "Oh, that was kind of fun that Mendelstrom got thrown in there." Right. Uh, but who cares? And he's being manipulated by an unseen evil shadow figure who could be the guy who was revealed to be a new villain and the backup for the first issue, uh, who is so uniconic and so uninteresting I couldn't care less okay uh, but like you know who knows uh, it looks like he's um, like that guy is amassing like a a team or squad of, of, of villains he got P- possibly he got, six of them oh that'd be interesting a sinister <laughs> group you might say uh, who knows uh, I certainly hope it's not Doc Ock because I'm gonna freak out uh <laughs> <laughs> but no, he got Myster- he got Mysterio, and now he's got Mendel Strong, which is like Mysterio. Okay, okay. but uh, so you get to see like what a what a responsible list Spider Man would do, and right. he like provides superhero Uber rides, and you know takes endorsement deals and whatnot, and ultimately Peter Parker's had enough, uh-huh. and so he challenges Spider Man. Like he basically just like he he actually pays for the Uber service from Spider-Man so that they can have a chance to talk. Right. And Spider-Man wants nothing to do with him. He's like, yeah, I don't really like you. Like, get away from me. Okay. And uh, actually, Spider-Man winds up, like, dressing down Peter for, like, being a loser and for never, like, amounting to anything or trying or, like, living up to his potential. Okay. And he's like, no, oh, that's that voice that's in the back of my head that always doubts whatever I'm supposed to do. Like, that's funny hearing it and seeing it in front of me. Uh, but, you know, basically, we're, we're, we're reiterating the idea that, like, without the responsibility... Spider-Man's a jerk. Right, okay. We, we get that. But uh, so then Peter goes back to the lab and they discover that the lab mat rat experiments that they did on the split duality thing, not only is it like bad because some parts get like, it, it they'll die. Okay. It's like now it's like, oh, now it's urgent. As yes. opposed to like before when it was like, you're not Spider-Man anymore. Like, but no. So the idea is that like, oh, and he doesn't remember P- Uncle Ben because, um, Part of the like deterioration of the host is like lo- memory loss. Okay. So, okay. But uh, Mr. Giggles in Super Chat saying that I'm really salty about the new Spider Man. Uh, no, criticism isn't really salt, nor is it hate. It's just more like, hey, like uh, I can talk about these things. So, yeah, Mendelstrom gets manipulated into working for them, and apparently, like then they reveal that there's going to be more <laughs> Tri Sentinels oh, in the future. Okay. And uh, the tease for the next issue actually is one of the best pieces of art from Ryan Otley on the Spider-Man story. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It's a great looking piece. Uh, I don't have it here, but um, I, I will say like, go check that out because it's yeah. pretty dope. Um, yeah, it's pretty sweet. It, that's so, really... but it's just, it's, it's Spider-Man cradling a, a seemingly dead Peter Parker. Right. Like, oh, like fine. So hopefully we'll wrap up the split Spider-Man Peter Parker story sure. arc with this one because sure. like it's time to wrap it up. Also, Oh, we're at, we're at five issues. We're only two, shy away from a trade paperback. So obviously we have to have two more issues left. Or not. Or they'll make a short one. No, they don't do that. 
anymore. Okay. Yeah, I mean, they could do it. Actually, they've done that before, where they, like, charge the same amount for a smaller trade paperback. Right. Uh, so, yeah, you're not wrong. I shouldn't have dismissed that out of hand. It could happen. It yeah. could happen. Mr. Roboto, two-way radios from the Spider-Man to pass test. Yeah, right? Like, Spider-Man. But that means Spider-Man would have to, like, not be a dick Right, for a and second. that's the thing. He's he's unwilling to help Peter Parker, and but he sees Peter Parker as a hindrance more That than. would be kind of amazing, though, because then you'd have, like, the moment where, like, you know... Peter's trying to tell him what the question is, and mm-hmm. then, like, Spider-Man... Is Getting it, a fight with yeah, somebody. Yeah, and, exactly. And, yeah. And he's like, wait, what was the answer? Like, <laughs> Yeah. Like, Mr. Parker, stop talking to yourself. <laughs> but, or, uh, like, he finds some, like, explosive device that he has to disarm, and it requires, like, some sort of vo- voice code that requires, like, A, B, and C, and, like, or whatever, and Peter's taking a multiple-choice question. Yeah. So, like, Spider-Man's like, B, C, A, and he's like, wait, <laughs> it can't be all these answers. Right, oh, no! But do yeah, all the above? He's trying to deactivate a bomb or something. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it it's interesting. Um, this is I I I'd have heard that Otley is going to be off the book for a little while because he needs time to like to to draw. Oh, so maybe they'll wrap this arc up and then do like a couple of like stopgap issues. Yeah. To fill in that trade, you know what I mean? No, like, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, at the very least, we're we're definitely getting towards the end of this arc, and for my money, none too soon. Okay. Because I'm not the only one who thinks that it's like a real, like, kind of bore fest. <laughs> uh, Benny the Comic Story and I were talking about it, and he was, he was way harder on it than I was, but I gotta say, like, it was, well, it was weak. It, it, it was weak. I am a, more of a fan, typically, of a slow burn. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't mind, like, the jumping into it, but, like, sometimes the writer can't keep up to that sort of, like, ta-da! You know what I mean? So, like, maybe that's what this is. Maybe this is just, like, a... Hey, we're gonna have a couple of just one-off quirky. See, that's what of, I was hoping like, for. I want like that. I like those stories, but this isn't really that. And I think I think I've identified what the real problem is. Okay. Um, there is virtually no. Um, it, it doesn't feel like a Spider-Man story. Okay. And I think it's because the core cast isn't really present. There's not a lot of J. Jonah Jameson stuff. Right. There is very little Aunt May stuff. Right. The Mary Jane and Peter Parker being together thing. Two panels per book. Or less, like this one, there's zero. Right, okay. Um, so, you know, for me, the trinity of Spider-Man, they're notably absent from this story. Okay. And even those who they chose to put in, like Randy Robertson and Nor Winters and stuff like that, they're in there for like a joke, and then you don't see them anymore. Okay. Like they don't, there's there's no A and B plot. It's just right. the, this one thing, and they're separated. And actually, it would make sense to have an A and B plot, like a Spider-Man plot and a, Sp- and a Peter Parker plot. Right. Because then... They're, but they're also separate. Because so. they're separate. Like, that'd be great and a great opportunity to play with that. But it just doesn't feel like a Spider-Man comic. Right. Okay. So, That's... we'll see. I mean, like, what... You know, maybe we were all too a little too excited about uh, Nick Spencer taking over because he gave us Mary Jane. Mm. It's like, what's the point if you're not going to do anything with it? Okay. I mean, and it's not hard. It's four issues into this now. Yeah. Like, come on. Like, let's go. But... You know, I will be reading the rest because I want to see where this ra- wraps up. So I recommend it, I guess. Okay. Uh, but it, it's it is wholly skippable. The fact they have recap pages, you don't need to read this issue in order to get the next one. Oh. You straight up don't. Okay. Like, Mendelstrom's back, and there's more Tri Sentinels on the way. Oh no. <laughs> Tri Sentinels. Yeah. <laughs> Lol. Uh, 
what's what's a book you did that you want to talk about? Um, I I all the books I read this week I liked, so like oh, I'm down for whatever. Like you want to go stay in Marvel? I can do that. You want to go over to DC? I can do that too. I don't all care. right, all right. Uh, yeah, let's stay. Let's let's go to DC. Okay, so I did Justice League Dark Number Two this week. Yeah, how um, is it? I love this book. I really do. I'm having such a good time with it, which is like funny to say because like it's you know it's it's the end of days for magic it's the last days of magic yes but the in last DC age now. of magic sorry that's what it's actually called that's the arc yeah um this is by uh tyne in the fourth with um pencils by alvaro martinez bueno but, and is he he is he's pretty good he's good. actually pretty good i actually i enjoy uh what he does with this cool. uh, uh just with the visuals and everything um you know we've been finding out a lot of like what's going on in terms of magic yes. and in terms of that, like the magic community doesn't like people interfering and they're just like wonder woman is interfering right like get out but, but like at the end of the day She's like i'm literal magic yeah like come on give me a break here <laughs> um but um so like it we were revealed last time that like zatanna like went to swamp thing and they went to the tree of wonder yeah and they are like, those trees still there yes where do they do they displace cities and at stuff at least the wonder one is She's hanging out there. Okay. Um, I mean, that's fine. But, uh, well, that one, like, look, you're going to do a magic thing? Yeah, that tree can stay. Right, you got it. I mean, like, you, you have this great opportunity. Plus, the book, Just Like Dark, spins out of No Justice. It does. No Justice? Uh, I kept getting No Justice and Total Justice mixed up. It's Total Justice. Total Justice. Total Justice. So, anyway, um, last book, we found out that, like, Zatanna had, like, a vision of her father saying that, like, she had to team up with everybody, but one of those people could bring about the end of everything. Like, right, right, that, right. Like, it's, like, it's real bad. Mm -hmm. But, like, that she had to basically become part of this team, right? Mm -hmm. So, this book starts um, with a, like, flashback of Diana as a little girl. Oh, on, like, okay. the mascara. Or Paradise Island, whichever you like. Yeah. Um, everybody is, whatever. Everybody's got their preference. Yeah, you got your preferences. Um, but, um, basically, she is one wandering through the woods and it's a story about how it's just like you know she used to like go off and like do whatever but like there was like a part of like her world that like you're not meant to go to and like it was this area where like these i think 12 9 i can't remember um <laughs> i think nine nine rings <sighs> went to, to Chithonian witches oh. would walk and you were never meant to go there but she couldn't help herself so she followed the pathways out there and like one night like she heard like this like chanting and stuff like that and she crawls up into a tree and she sees these like nine women like dancing around like old school like Salem style up like, witches yeah. yeah like naked just doing their thing like right? the Vavitch yes like the Vavitch um, but anyway, she, um, she's watching them and as she's watching them, like they're like dancing and like all of a sudden, like, it's like her eyes are playing tricks on them because it's like, as they're dancing, they're like melding okay. into one another. Mm -hmm. And so like upon that happening, like there's like this big, like honeypot style thing, like a vase in the center of it. And it like opens and like hands start coming out of it and she gasps and what comes out of it is Hecate or oh. Hecate whatever you want to call it, it's up to you. Yeah. Um, who in this version is like, there's like two different forms of her that you've seen in like actual Greek myth. Mm -hmm. And like, this is the one where she's three. That's why there's nine witches. Cause they all, the three They're of them merge together. Mm -hmm. um, and they actually do like these women are like now like three people in one. And so mm. there's like limbs everywhere. And, like uh. pieces of faces and stuff like that. Cool. Um, and they chase her down and they grab Diana as a oh. child and they drag her to Hecate. Oh, and like Hecate takes her mark, which is like, we've actually seen this. It's like a simplified version of, of an actual like mark of her. And they brand her on her forehead. What? Yeah. I was like, what? Like, like you'd think that would have come up. Right? But I like that because it's just kind of like, hey, this is 
it's probably gonna happen. Something's gonna go on with this later on. Yeah, definitely. Or it's like a way of being like, everybody keeps saying she's not magic. Look at this. Right, behold. Yeah. So anyway, it cuts back in literally where like the last book left off where it's just like they're dealing with all those like oh, dead the things people. In the basement? Yeah, yeah, the things in the basement and they're like fighting them down and like Detective Chimp's like, Zatanna, are you gonna use your magic? She's like, yeah, that's not, I can't, it's gonna make it worse. If I do that, it's gonna make them stronger. They're feeding off of like whatever. Mm-hmm. So they ended up like beating them down basically. Okay. And um, then like Wonder Woman grabs Zatanna and it's just like, all right, what do you mean one of us is going to like end everything? Like she's giving her some real like, That's funny. Crap. Like we're not going to wait two arcs for you to bring this no, up again. No, she just grabs her by her like shirt collar and she like, like holds her up there and she's like, all right. Yeah, that's like, enough. You guys made fun of me and now you're just like, oh, someone's going to end the world here. No, we're not doing that. Nope. And, we're like, going to find that out now. That's thing, like one. intervenes. It's like, well, chill out. Like she did come here to help out. Like relax. Like she's like, I, my dad came to me and I had a vision of blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So like, then they decide they're like, all right, we need more information because nobody actually knows what's going on here. All we know is that like her dad said that like the person or the thing that originally magic was stolen from in the DC universe to give like magic to the world is coming for it. Okay. So they're like, let's go see Dr. Fate. Yay. So they go to his, his tower there and um, everybody's like, they also get man bat back to not being man bat anymore. Oh, he, they went back to uh, Langstrom. Yeah. Now he's just, he's just a guy again. He's not even like part bat, part man right now. He's just a dude. So oh, cool. Like, good for did you. Did they use magic to do it? Or did no, they no, science? they use the serum. Oh, good. Like right. his serum. Like they just kind of do that. But like, cool. Uh, they go in and Swamp Thing doesn't go in. He just hangs out outside. He's going to go chat with the tree a little bit or, or Swamp Thing. Oh, is, is Fate's tower by the tree? Uh, I guess it is. Yes, it is. See, it's like back uh, there. Yeah, there it is. And of course it would be because he's Dr. Fate. Makes sense. It's like a and it's Fate beacon, to be there. essentially, yeah. of like magical energy. Mm-hmm. So um, they go in and Dr. Fate's like, oh, hello. Like, first of all, like Zatanna, I see you've broken like the community of magic stuff. I bring all these like normies here. Mm-hmm. And like, every, like, so you got like Detective Chimp, Langstrom, and Wonder Woman who are all yeah, like, like, thanks. Screw you. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, where were you? Uh, it was a good secret organization once. Yeah, exactly. It's ridiculous. Um, but they're basically, they're like, okay, here's the thing. Like, we need to speak to Nabu. Okay. Who is the person? Like, it depends on the, yeah, the origin. Entity. Of, yeah, it's either the entity that takes control of Dr. Fate at, some, at times or the person who gives Dr. Fate his Helmet. powers yeah. and all that. It depends on which version you're talking about. But they're and like... Since it's Rebirth, it's all the versions. They're like, at the end of the day, they're like, look, we're not looking for your answers, Dr. Fate. We're looking for his answers. So, mm. like, we need to talk to him. So he's just like, all right, I'm going to take Wonder Woman and Zatanna and we'll go do that. And, like, Langstrom and... And, 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 and the animals can stay in exactly. the yard. Exactly. You just you just chill out out here, all right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so while it's going on inside, uh, Swamp Thing is, like, doing his thing. And, like, Constantine shows up and he's just like, hey, <laughs> so uh, you're just going to punk out, huh? Because, like, Swamp Thing is looking to basically retire and mm. join, like, the rest... Like, the, there's, like... <laughs> Constantine describes it as, like, a retirement home, basically, style thing, where he's just going to give up, like, being, like, the emissary of the green. Really? And, like, defender of it. Oh. Like, he just wants to quit, and he's going to let somebody else do it, because he's just, like, he's just, like, someone who's more connected to humanity would be better at this, Hmm. because, like, at the end of the day, humans constantly surprise me about what dicks they are, and how much they'll destroy everything, and so, like, I'm kind of done, and Constantine's, like... Stop being such a jerk. Like, stop, like, which <laughs> is, like, kind of a lot yeah, coming from Constantine. Like, it's just yeah. like, really? Like, it's just like, come on. Like, just don't, don't be like this. Yeah. Don't, like, they're, like, this is not the answer. Mm-hmm. Like, you do not have the answer here. Right. So anyway, um, kind of 
Doctor Fate takes Zatanna and uh, Wonder Woman into like deeper into his like lair or sanctum. I don't want to call it a sanctum. It's but a sanctum. sanctum. It's a sanctum. And um, he's like, let me tell you a quick story real quick of like the beginning of time where like oh yeah, uh, primordial man kind of thing like ended up uh, finding magic and as an energy basically and like. It was so raw and so powerful that, like, when they tapped into it, like, it was, like, so destructive. And so, like, they had to come up with all these ways to, like, tame it and, like, put it into items and write books about it and all this stuff. And, like, this order came about from it, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, like, the fact is, is that, like, the issue isn't that it's, like, the owner's coming for magic in a way. It's just that it's, like, this is what you're seeing, what those, those people who were dead were are actually those who have tapped into, like, the raw magic because, like, everybody's trying to get a piece of it right now and they're not following the rules like they should be kind right. of thing. So while it's going on, Detective Chimp and Langstrom are, like, hanging out, like, in, like, his, like, you know, M.C. Escher-style, like, place, like, and Chimp's like, I don't like the fact that this doesn't, like, follow the laws of physics. And Langstrom's like, all right, whatever. And he sees, like, this pot and he's just like... I swear to God, there's, like, a little man waving at me <laughs> on this pot. And so he picks it up and he ends up dropping it. Oh, and um, I gotta make sure I get his name correct here. Uh, Khalid Nasur pops okay. out, who is another Doctor Fate, I think from Earth Two. Oh, and he's just like, Doctor Fate's not in control anymore. <laughs> he's just like, you have to listen to me. Like that Doctor Fate ain't Doctor Fate anymore. It's oh, Nabu. He's okay. completely taken over. It's all him. And oh, then he that's gets cool. pulled back into the pot. Aww. And they're like, ah. Uh. So that's about the time, like in the conversation that like Diana and Zatanna are having. That like Diana's like. I, I can't remember if it's Diana or it's Zatanna. One of them's just like, you're not Dr. Fate anymore. Like, How do they, they know? They, they know too? Because of like his attitude and what he starts saying, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And it's just like, Nabu apparently was like, he opened the door for whatever's coming to come. Oh. Because he's just like, yeah, no, we're just going to set things back the way they should be. And cool. like, you guys will all thank me later on. Right, sure. It's going to be great. You'll, you'll see. So then they have to like, fight Dr. Fate and like, he leaves and he's just like, it doesn't matter. He's just like, He's like, it, like you think you're going to kick my butt and like stop me, but it's already here. It doesn't matter. And then mm. the reveal is this dude who is like upside down. Mm-hmm. And like when I say upside down, like he's physically upside down, but then like where his eyes should be is a mouth mm-hmm. and he has no other features. So he's like super creepy. And like, that's what they're going to have to fight next. Okay. And I'm like, you're like, that's awesome. I'm like, I Sounds like you, this is a this is a book that's this right up your alley. I'm like so in mm-hmm. on this book, and I like I don't know how they're gonna fix this problem, and then what they'll do after this because I'm just like you set the bar way up here. That's cool. You set the bar up Good. here. Where are we going with this? That sounds great. So I, I'm super excited. I like the team having like forcing them to work together. I'm sure at some point the rest of the magical community will have to come into play mm-hmm. because I know they're all meeting about things secretively, like right. Etrigan and all that stuff. So it's like mm, you know. So. Yeah, and you can't do a. a, a this kind of book without those characters. Right? Well, I mean, they shunned Diana, so I don't oh, know. Yeah. I don't know. True. All I know is I, if you, like, dig magic mm-hmm. and you're looking for just something else that, like, maybe Doctor Strange or Magic Order isn't hitting you right now the right way, I would definitely check this out because, like, when they say Justice League Dark, it's definitely got that, like, darker, creepier feel to it. So, mm. And that, that, like, design of that guy, the upside-down guy... Nice. Awesome. <laughs> uh, Mr. Roboto, is the ju- is the is just league dark about justice or dark? 
Uh, it's I guess it's about both. In yeah, a way. justice for the dark. Maybe. Yeah, well, no, they're getting they're trying to. I, I guess it's more about the dark than anything else right now. They do they are more operating in the dark, which I like. Yeah. Um, I like magic like when it's hidden away like that. It's, sure. It's cool where it's just like makes you question. It's very Constantine. Yeah. I like the fact that he keeps showing. He's just showing up judging yeah. people. Hey, he's not actually doing anything. I'm not in the book. I'm not on the team. <laughs> Goodbye. Feel bad. Yeah. Like if I like I'm that. making you feel bad, you know you've hit rock bottom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And uh, what was it? Uh, Lucas Zalbot saying Khalid is the DCU fate. All right. Well, so there you go. Thank you. Uh, So, yeah, we're going to switch gears a little bit and talk a little bit about the West Coast Avengers. Okay. Which is a book that I was like, oh, that looks fun. Mm -hmm. Like, I remember when they announced they were going to make the West Coast Avengers. I was like, cool. Good for you guys. Like, that's a this is a neat story. It's written by Kelly Thompson with art by Stefano Caselli. Uh, And so, okay, this is. This is the most West Coast feeling book I've ever seen. Having not been, I'm not from the West Coast, but I've been there a number of times. Mm -hmm. And I know several people who live over there. Uh This feels like a West Coast book. It feels like people, like it's written by people. It doesn't feel like it's written by a bunch of like 50 year old men from New York who are writing about the West Coast. It Mm -hmm. feels very and positively Californian. Right. It doesn't feel West Coast, it feels Californian. Yeah. And uh, so this story is interesting because it's basically just a... It stars the Hawkeyes. Yeah, I read a little bit of it. Yeah. I, I read over it. Okay. <laughs> uh, the, the idea is that like it's punctuated by an interview, which is a very classic trope. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone who's a member of the new West Coast Avengers team is being interviewed by a like unreliable and kind of antagonistic narrator. Mm-hmm. And so we eventually get through and meet everybody. Yeah. And uh, that... So we it, it's framed by the interview that takes place after the story's over and the action that takes place that leads up to the end which doesn't end it ends on a cliffhanger which leads into the next issue yes uh so the story is that uh kate bishop hawkeye is fighting some land sharks yep which look fantastic they really do and she is aided by america chavez who uses her teleportation powers in an incredibly convenient way that you would expect her to use every time right like she is the Batmobile for the West Coast Avengers team. Right. And she requests America send Hawkeye to her so that they can team up. So okay. so both Hawkeyes are riding a land shark and shooting the other land sharks with arrows. Right. And uh, America's helping them as best they can. They're also on the beach. Yeah. And the ultimate goal is to lead them back into the water. Because sure. the writer didn't think that there was any other way to get rid of them other than to lead them into water. Also- Even though they're land sharks, which means why would they... Well, back. I mean, who knows? They might be, you know, both. Yeah, and they are amphibian, right? so they can go in, which sharks are not, but these are because they can both live on land and water. Right, right, exactly. And, uh, know. Yeah. So we meet uh, Johnny Watts, a.k.a. Fuse, who is a, uh, a a newer character that I have literally zero familiarity with whatsoever. Right. Straight up, I was like, who is this person? Why does he look like he came from Avengers Initiative? Uh, and that's because uh, he probably is an allegory character for a character that they killed off in the initiative. Okay. Uh, but he is uh, dating Kate Bishop. Yes. And so we meet uh, Johnny Watts, and this is where the art gets to be a problem for me, and we'll get into that after we're done with the recap. Okay. Uh, so basically the team, uh, well, the team, both Hawkeyes, Johnny and America, lead the sharks into water. Mm-hmm. And then celebrate by having pizza. They in, each have their own pizza. They each get their own pizza, which is like, yeah, if, if yeah, I, I might have a whole pizza if I had right? to fight. I also assume they can't agree on toppings. No, oh, of course not. <laughs> this group, no way. But uh, but they're basically talking about how like they need to have a team, and it's like it's 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 this kind of like real life mixed with comic book stuff that actually makes me like 
have a problem with comics where they're like, like Kate Bishop is like, I need to have a super team. And I'm like, where is your money? Yeah. And it's because she's also a private investigator. Yes. But I'm like, you need, like, you don't need a West Coast Avengers team. You need like a job. Yeah, well, they do talk about that. They do a little bit. They talk about quite a bit. Well, they talk about, like, how she needs to make money, but... Well, they talk about how she needs to pay the members of the West Coast Avengers to be on her team. Yes. Again, I'm like, where's this money coming from? Yeah. I I don't know. Uh, well, they tell you here. Do they? Where? Yes. Because I did not catch that. Oh, no. Like, the whole thing is, like, she starts trying to put the team together, and then, like, inevitably... Like, oh God, right. Okay. You're yeah, right. No. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. I meant like before, well, because they weren't bitching about the money. They were just like living there and yes. talking about how like, how they, they were more worried about making the team come together than yeah. they were worried about like paying rent. Right. But she, and that made me like, oh, what the hell's happening? Right. But I think she is, but like, that's probably because she also had like a, a nine to five style job. So she's just like, no, but there, there's things we have to pay for. And yes. like, if we ask someone else to join, I feel like we'll have to pay them. Mm -hmm. So. I love this part. Oh, you like the Mystery Men scene? I love the Mystery Men I'm scene. I'm shocked. I was like, it's about as good as the Mystery Men scene, too. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we meet a bunch of characters. This is a scene that Bendis would have put into any number of his sure. Avengers runs, which yeah. he did, only instead of having, like, D-list superheroes, because this is a team made of them, uh, they have to go even lower than D to characters that they just made up. Yeah, which is fine. Uh, so it's a bunch of people. Like, there's just, like, there's a guy named... Uh, Bread. Bread. Yeah, he's not toast. He's bread. He's not toast. Nor is his catchphrase, you're toast. No, because well, he's bread. Because he's bread. It's I'll butter your bread. Yeah. It's just a guy who dresses like bread. Yep. There's like a woman who wants to you do like bang Hawkeye. Yeah. And then there's a guy named the spider who's just made of he's a bunch spider of spiders. King. Spider King. Spider King. I was just like, I love that. She's just like, no, that could actually be a legit power, but I can't do this. It was a great opportunity to maybe make a joke about the thousand, but again, no. <laughs> but we meet a bunch of other characters that are, again, like jokes, though. No, like, they didn't go, like, let's go F-list Marvel. Let's just make up some. Surf well, Doctor, The Broken Watch. Well, I don't think it's just that. It's like a lot of these people just were like, oh, I, I, I could put a costume on and pretend to be. Like, yeah. I kind of appreciated that. I'm glad. And I, you know what? It's a, it's a fun sequence that the art really, like, helps sell. Yep. For me, as a, like, Marvel fan, I'm like, you're going to go old school, you're going to make the West Coast Avengers, do a fun, like, joke with yep. old school characters. No, let's make up some characters. And they're all kind of like weird jokes. The Dutch oven, the, uh, you know, the silver snowboarder that only works in the snow. Yeah. Wolverine. That was the one where I'm like, thud. Well, I think that was just, that I, that really didn't bother me. Because, again, like, I'm thinking of it not as, like, they're actual heroes. They just saw the thing and they're mm -hmm. kind of crazy. Right, that's true. I, yeah. like, I thought that was kind of funny. And I appreciate the fact that, like, and her friends show up. They're like. Yeah, they're like, hey, us. She's like, no, get out of here. Yeah. Uh, like, and the, clearly this is a conversation that's happened several times. Yeah. She's just like, no. No, get out of here. What? And then finally Gwenpool shows up. Yeah, but just to say goodbye. Just to say goodbye, but she gets roped into the team. Yeah. Uh, Gwenpool, by the way, again, the art, I love Gwenpool's suit in this. Yeah. It looks like it's actually clothes. Yes. Like, it looks like kind of ill-fitting. Like, it's, like, a little loose on her. Well, it looks like it's made out of, like, maybe, like, a leather or, like, something a little thicker. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That, like, yeah. I yeah. Like it. it's but cool. I really like it. Uh, and then we finally meet, like, the last member of the West Coast Ventures who joins them. <laughs> and that is Quentin Choir. And it's like, hey, Quentin Choir. Nice use of him. So, uh, Quentin had been uh, the subject of or was planning on being a, the subject of a 
it's not a they, reality show. No, they don't know what it is. They don't yet. know what it is That's yet. It's like, going to be either like a movie or a series. I guarantee it's somebody just studying these guys. Like it's probably something more villainous behind right, it's it. Right, Mr. Sinister. So like or they don't know what it is. Like but they're like, we're going to use this footage for something either a documentary or like whatever. Yeah, who, we haven't who figured knows. it out yet. But, but like they've been working with him for three weeks now. And he hasn't done anything. He hasn't done anything. He's like a part of a team. They're yeah, because like, it's freaking Kid Omega, and so. He's like, hey guys, I so I heard you needed a team. I need to be more interesting. Let's uh, let's join up and we'll let these guys film us. And so they're paid yeah. to be the subject of this thing. Yeah, we don't even know what the hell it is, but they're filming them. And so and they have a lot of money. And they have a lot of money, and so they're paying for it. Right. So it's like, okay, like you can put the pieces together. Who's, you know, who's who's who is this organization? They don't reveal at the end. No. Uh, but anyway, so then we catch up with the documentary and we find out that like it's been, I don't know, like a day Barely. and things are rough. Oh, like yeah. no one's getting along. Gwenpool and Quentin Quire are not having a good time. No, uh, why would they? We're also advancing the relationship between Kate and uh, Fuse. Fuse yep. Because they were dating for like a couple of months and now they're living together. And it's like, oh my God. Like, And I like that addressing that where it's like we were not ready to move in together. But we're going to make it work because yep. we do like dating. Exactly. Uh, so then, uh, they, th <laughs> I'm sorry. I love that. Like Gwenpool is so passive aggressive. Oh yes, she's aggressive. That's but the she's best also one. Passive aggressive. She's, she's Deadpool aggressive. It's so uh, she fills Quentin Quire's room with uh, dirty wet towels <laughs> because he keeps leaving his wet towels on the bathroom floor. So you know, naturally, he must be a big fan of them, and I really liked that. Because he's just like, there's like 200 towels. Who has time to put 200 wet towels? She's just like. Oh, you just seem to like it. I thought that's yeah. your favorite thing. I should give you all of your favorite thing. Exactly. Wet and piled on the floor. Is that your favorite? I was like, that's that's a level of passive aggressive that I really enjoy. I, I don't know. That is straight up like <laughs> that. Is, that is that is something I've I've heard of happening in college. <laughs> so they go. They they hear of a, a report of some crazy crap happening, and so they show up uh, to the beach, and they find out that Tigra, former member of the West Coast Avengers and Avengers, mm -hmm. uh, is gigantic and mindless. Yes. And She's I was like, a like beast and I feel bad for Tigra because like Tigra never got like redemption and is always used as like a joke. Mm. And she is in this. Uh, she is formidable and scary. And yeah, well, Hawkeye tries. Hawkeye tries to appeal to her and it doesn't work. And that's, that's what reveals that she's like, yeah. she's clearly being manipulated. And my guess is that it has everything to do with the TV crew that's with them. Right. Create right, some right. drama. Yeah. You know. So uh, so they go and they try to fight her and it gets like, and they beg Quentin to use his powers to basically just like turn her off. And he's like, nah, it'd be too easy. I know he says he'd, he'd do it. Yeah. And they were like, no. No, Hawkeye's like, let me try to get into her. But they keep, everybody keeps provoking her. They're like, yes. they're not, they don't know how to function as a team. And I like this because it's less, I mean, like we're obviously seeing it, but it's less like, ah, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, it's just, nobody's listening to anybody because nobody's really leading. Well, they're not a good team and they have yeah. no leader and Kate's supposed to be their leader and she feels awkward being their leader. Right. But, uh, yeah, so there's actually a great sequence in here where, um, Tigra throw, like hits, a, she, she throws a boat. Yeah. And America's like, I gotta teleport the boat and keep it for... So she teleports the boat and herself and then punches the boat so that it doesn't hit a building. It's really cool. Yes. I really like that sequence. Yeah. Uh, but in any case, uh, so the team is like, I don't know what to do. We're kind of like, we, we, like, okay, they're finally ready to use the last resort button, which mm -hmm. is Quentin Quire shutting her down. And then uh, another character reveals themselves. Uh, and that, of course, is Brodoc, a bio-robotic organism designed overwhelmingly for kissing. Yeah. And Brodoc is like a sexy Fabio-esque, like young teen character who is like, who just shows up to be 
like the the newest member of the team or to, to save the day yes. it's awkwardly drawn i don't i don't know what he's in any case brodock shows up and uh-huh. that's when i went i am probably never going to read this book again i then i was i'm totally going to read this book again. I, I don't really like I, i'm not offended i don't think it's stupid well I, I do think it's really stupid I, but you like know what? that's okay but i'm not offended i don't find it like weird it's just kind of like okay well you're doing okay i see what you're doing this is like like watching the x-files if you are an accountant and have no interest in science fiction like yeah it's just like oh why do you care like you know it's all fake right like because it appeals to this very very different group of people this is something that is just for someone else I guess so, it's for me because I, I guess I'm glad you like it. What I what I read of it, I definitely enjoyed it. And for me, what it comes down to is like, yeah, this world's ridiculous, but it's not like everyone isn't reacting like it. It isn't. You no, that's I mean? true. Like that is what I have a problem with sometimes when things are over the top when no one questions it. Mm-hmm. But you definitely have characters questioning it, and I don't mean just Gwenpool. I mean like, yeah. hey, it's like this is what I got. Mm-hmm. Like I have a responsibility, and yeah. like I'm going to try to make this work, and it's totally going to be fine. Like no, I think that this. I love this. Yeah. I, it's just the right type of, like, not taking itself seriously, mm-hmm. tongue-in-cheek, just a fun, ridiculous read. And sometimes you need that. Sometimes you need something that's, like, a little silly sometimes. No, you're right. I mean, like, and listen, this book would be at a disservice if it wasn't silly. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's got the right cast of characters to make this work, because at least you get both Hawkeyes who can have the right reactions, along with America Chavez, and then you have, like, the other, like kind of more ridiculous like over the top characters mm-hmm. everyone isn't an over the top character which i appreciate yes yeah it's not just a team of of, of of pools yes but uh yeah so ultimately i thought that the art was really really good yeah i really like the art but i did have a complaint and it was that like fuse i thought fuse was a woman until they said it was a man i did not have that problem i just straight up did okay. i was like i thought that was a woman and I thought like, and I just, I thought that was, be- I thought that was very weird. And I thought that like everybody kind of had a very effeminate quality. It was just kind of like, okay, right on. Like, but like, cause everybody looks awesome. Yeah. But everybody very look, very much looks really feminine. Okay. And I thought that was really like, that was very like, it was, it took me a while. And then like the more we saw Fuse, the more I'm like, no, it still looks like a chick to me. And I'm like, this is weird. All right. No, I- um, but Hawkeye looks like a dude. Yeah, I, I, was like, I don't know. I didn't. I, I don't, don't know. know. That didn't. I don't know. Me. It was. It was the only thing that like really stuck out to me as far as like any complaints <laughs> I might have as far except for Brodock, which was like, I know you're doing it to be silly, so yes. I'm not gonna be like, what? This is an affront to all the fans of Modoc. Just kind of like, okay, well, whatever. No, like, is... all right, well, this ain't for me. <laughs> but uh, but I, I, I like I dig the art like yeah. in a big way. I so had, it's just I like, had a good time. I'm glad. I'm glad good time, because good time was had by me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well good. Um, I recommend it if you're looking for that kind of fun and, you know, but, you know, if you're like, whatever, <laughs> then I don't think it's going to change anytime soon. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about Century. Okay. If you want. Yeah, I'm down. Uh, Century number three finally came out. Yes. And uh, finally, I'm sure it was on, on track. I don't know. But uh, tell us about the Century number three because, yeah, it's a Howard. You didn't like this one? I thought it was fine. Oh, I really dug this issue a lot. This is like, a, it's purely a flashback issue. That's the just, problem I had with it. I had no problem with that. Just trying to like explain kind of this like turn that has occurred. Like, I don't know. I, I kind of, I have no problem with that kind of storytelling no, necessarily. Yeah. Especially in a book that we know is like supposedly a mini, but mm-hmm. may not be. We don't oh, know. I'm sorry. We didn't talk about the Super Chats. Oh, I'm so sorry. So before we, before Hold we on. jump into Century, let's, let's address everybody else. 
Valentino G, the DCU era Doctor Fate title is not that bad, although apparently nobody read it, uh, which is true. I didn't read it. Yeah. Uh, it features Khalid uh, Nasor as Doctor Fate, and I hope he returns. Well, I mean, considering what's going on right now, and I don't actually know what's going on currently with Doctor Fate. Otherwise, um, we could see that happen, considering they're he's not necessarily a villain, but his body is a villain right now. Right. You know what I mean? That's, like, a, that's a straight up Doctor Fate thing. Yeah. I hope he gets jacked, ditches the helmet puts a tattoo of an onk over his eye, gets a couple of guns, and just calls himself Fate. Because he did that in the 90s, and it was really, really dumb. Uh, also, Dante White, I thought the TV show would be like the new Warriors fiasco from Civil War, but funnier. That's exactly what... Well, like, you can't do reality TV superheroes without th immediately thinking of the new Warriors thing. Oh, that's true. That's why funny. I was thinking of that. What I thought of immediately was that run, not like as, like, in tone, but with the interviews of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, where they did the interviews mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, no, that's true. I think, or I think the office. <laughs> yes, I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna feel more like the office. Oh yeah, no, I said like not in tone, but just like I don't know what made me think of that. But mm -hmm. yeah, anyway. But yeah, the, so the century number three uh, by Jeff Lemire. Yes. And uh, I don't have that knowledge. I I do. It's in, uh, in my brain. Jacinto. Okay. Um. Anyway. Um. This just basically covers like what happened to Scout. Like why? Yeah. Why Scout? Why why? Because like I thought it was one thing, but now it's like it's that plus something else, and I was just like. To me, it made total sense. Like, where Lemire went with the, his characterization. I totally. Totally worked for him. Um, and so the idea is that we kind of get this flashback to, like, um, a parking garage in New Jersey. Which, mm -hmm. by the way, hey, everybody, New first Jersey. of all, the part of New Jersey that they are in is clearly the part by the airport. It's ever, That's because it's, oh, it's, anyone ever knows. They're like, well, I flew into Newark and it's, what a shithole. Like, yeah, an uh, urban industrial development developed area that's like, you know. Just so many other places. Yep. That you but whatever. Regardless. You know what? So it's this parking garage, and um, Scout drives up, and the, the guy at the, the booth there is just like, it's $12 an hour, or like $40 a day, or $30 a day, whatever. Yeah. And he's just like, I'm not here for parking. And he's just like, what, is this a joke? And, and no, he's I'm like, here for you. I'm here for you, Cranio. Cranio. And he's like, oh, don't call me that. Yeah, and he realizes who it is, and he's just like, oh my god, what are you doing here, Scout? And he's just like, I got a proposal for you, because like... The Sentry is back. Mm -hmm. Like, Bob Reynolds is back. And he's just like, I thought he was dead. He's just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, we all thought he was Meet dead. Meet me at this diner. We'll chat. So they go to a diner, and, mm -hmm. like, Cranio meets him. Um, and um, he has coffee, and Scout has pancakes. And he's like, come on, have some pancakes. And he's like, I'm just having coffee. This is weird. Yeah. What we're, what we're doing here is... Like, right. I was the arch... I tried to kill you. Yeah, this is bizarre. And basically, Scout's like, look, like, they brought Bob's back, and, like, they created this mental space... He just recaps the whole like yeah, last then, two issues yeah, where, where like, it's he like goes into his head and he gets to be the sentry which controls the void basically and like in his mindscape like he fights like whoever like usually typically the void and like scout is there but it's not really scout and like now he created centrist mm -hmm. and like he's just like so here's what sucks about that is that like because like of course he's missing his arm and stuff like that we find out we find out what happened to the arm and he's just like what happened to your arm and like he like he's just like i think you know and yep. like cranio's like the void so the void is why like scout is missing an arm right and so it's bob reynolds is the reason why is. he's losing it an arm. absolutely it is and um like scout has had enough of not being able to take part in bob's adventures but also he's angry because he's just like there's no way the void isn't going to find its way out again. Right. And like he's putting everyone at risk. Mm -hmm. Like every like anyone involved with this is putting everybody at risk. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, you, me, we all like, you know, were involved with the sentry and like he's completely forgotten us. Yes. And so here is my plan. 
I want to be the new century. So mm-hmm. we're going to have to make new century serum. And like Cranio's like, I'm a genius, but I can't figure that out. Right. Just, I tried and I can't, I don't have any. And he's just like, yeah, but like, what if you had the guy's notes? And he pulls out this notebook because he found out that like when that guy died, the notes went to his like grandniece mm-hmm. who like felt really bad for a guy who was wounded. Yep. Like, which was Scout. Which Scout was manipulated the yeah, guy's knees. took the book and was just like, so we're going to have to hit him on multiple fronts. Like yep. we're going to have to hit him in his, like in the mental scape, but then we're also going to have to like get me the serum and I'll become the sentry. Yep. So we see them like working together, like going to Cranio's like, um, like storage space station. Yep. Basically. Which has all of his evil yeah. uh, lab equipment. Yeah. Which is and funny too, because like they mentioned the whole brain thing. Yeah. Because Cranio has like a three helmet that has three brains. And, and he's, he's like, just like, you know, when I was a kid, when I was younger, I used to think you actually had three brains. He's like, they're just chimpanzee brains in formaldehyde. Yeah. But it turns out that the helmet itself, there's something that amplifies his powers or gives him powers. And so he puts it on for a second and like, he's like, oh, I haven't done this in a while. And he immediately goes into Scout's brain, which yep. makes him freak out. Yeah. Which I'm just like, ooh. Ooh, let's set that up. What's, What's going on with that? What's going on in yeah. Scout's brain? So he freaks out and Cranio's like, ooh, sorry. And I kind of feel bad for Cranio. Yeah. Cranio's just like, no, I, I, you're right. Like, I don't want to be like a, the parking attendant forever, but like. I'm a genius. Yeah. Like and nobody would give him jobs. That's right. Because he tried really hard to actually just get into his field. Yeah. And he could not do that. Mm-hmm. Like, he wasn't allowed because like, it's like scientists were like, no. Like, yeah. You can't, you, you're a villain. So it's like, which kind of sucks. It's like, you're not actually giving him a chance to mm-hmm. perform, but fine, whatever. Um, so they work together over the weeks and you see them like teaming up and like doing whatever and building things and mm-hmm. like. And also we see that like Scout is working on a plan as well by getting the job at the diner and being and like like and and listening to the sentry and his like and well he says like that not even listening to him like that's not part of the plan he just he's like he's like you have no idea how hard it is right to listen to him every day yeah like talk like like reminisce about the old days and then tell me stories about like how much fun he's having as the sentry in his mindscape yep and now he's like a pervert and like put our like co-worker in there like he's just like just building this this case of resentment against him yep and he's just like and i have to pretend to be happy for him and then like um finally the serum is ready yep and um, we see, like, Scout has, he's like, okay, we got to get the thing that lets him go in his brain. And you see this super awesome panel page, or page of panels where it's, like, all the stuff that's been happening mm-hmm. as of late, where it's just, like, you know, all these things breaking down. And I absolutely love that page because it's just so cool. Yeah. Um, and just, you know, like, everything that leads up to it. And then, like, Bob going to him and being like, you have to help me. Yeah. And him not doing it. Right. And then we, like... Cranio's like, hey, by the way, um, you know, the, the serum might kill you. We haven't actually yeah. tested and it. And it'll, like, wear off? And like, Yeah, because, like, he, he doesn't, they haven't tried it yet, you yeah. know? Like, he's just like, you're gonna, like, I'm gonna have to, it's gonna take me a while to make more. And he's like, well, so we gotta do this all correctly, mm-hmm. basically. So, um, we catch up to what happened last time, where, like, Cranio was in the mindscape, and, like, he kills Centris, and, like, you know, was busting everything up. Yep. And then, like... And the dog. And the dog, too. <laughs> um, but... Here's what we find out, though, is that, like, Cranio comes back out, and he's just like, something's wrong. Yeah. And, like, Scout's Oh, because like, they don't know about what happened in the last issue. Oh, yeah. They don't know that, like, Bob was taken by, um, uh, Tony and, um... Oh, uh, Monica Rambeau? Yes. Thank you. I was like, oh. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, put in, like, the super place where they were going to put the sentry, like, deep underground, he becomes the sentry and he leaves, right? Yeah. So when Cranio was in the mindscape, he's just like, oh, crap, comes back out. He's just like, I just saw Bob Reynolds. Mm-hmm. Like, he's for just, real. He's like, what do you mean? He's like, in there. 
Yeah. Something is wrong. He's just like, that means the sentry's out. That means he's going to find us. Give me the serum. <laughs> yep. And he injects himself with it. And he's just like, there's a new sentry. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that's cool. Right? And I'm just like, I really enjoyed it. I liked seeing that fall for him. And like, yeah. I know you're not usually a super fan of like an info dump like that. But like, no. I liked getting scout's full motivation because it wasn't just that he was having the adventure i was like that's just really crappy it's just yeah no it's a whole lot of things going on i thought they did a really very nice job mm -hmm. of of just i don't know like yeah. capturing that sort of anger and like hatred and oh like, yeah just fear of like the void and like finding out that that's where he lost his arm I, i'm still digging this series yeah. basically is what i'm saying <laughs> no it's still it's still a really really cool book yeah and uh i i dig it no it's cool and I think it's a miniseries, which is, like, going to be a big help for this series. I hope that it is. I, I Like, as much as it would be cool to have it ongoing, like, when and it is a miniseries. And they might spin it into one. It's, I don't know. Like, it's just, like, yeah. that's just nice. But it's cool. I really dig it. You're going to finish it. You're not wrong. It's finish just, strong. Yeah. <laughs> that's what you got to do, guys. Yeah, you got to finish strong. That's how it goes. <laughs> but no, it's cool. Uh, so, jumping into, oh, so re you recommend it. Yeah. Uh, Martin Ultraletta, uh, Venom Has Wings. I saw that. I kind of peeked through that. I didn't yeah. have a chance to really look at it. But it yeah, can, Venom Has Wings. Yeah, Ven Venom connects with the god of symbiotes, and so he like he unlocks, or he connects to like, everything, so he unlocks like new potential powers. Like wings. So, like wings. Which... And being able to like, this is just some, like, this is some of the previews I saw of mm -hmm. it, but like I think like um, to be able to like alter the chemicals to like, calm somebody down. Like, yes, he, yeah, he can actually like, go into you and change your physical like, form. Uh, it's too bad the wings don't look like the legs on the chest logo. Ah, that'd be kind of cool. <laughs> but, uh, they're cool, you know, all right. You want to make Venom something totally different. He's got, he's got wings. He's got wings now, whatever. He had a Red Bull. Yeah. And, uh, Mr. Roboto, no Wonder Man disappointing. Uh, I guess. In. Do you mean there's no Wonder Man in the century, or do you mean no Wonder Man this book is disappointing? I don't, I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> thank you for your contribution. Um, so yeah, jumping in, uh, I don't really want to talk about it too long. The Punisher came out. Okay. Uh, okay, so they interrupted, like, another bunch of creators working on The Punisher to do this series. Uh, The Punisher is written by Matt Rosenberg with art by Sizmon Kudransky. Okay. And, uh, the idea is that The Punisher has, like, a taste for bigger game now that he's stolen War Machine armor and kicked ass and taken names and stuff like that. Okay. Uh, and the story is basically that, like, Baron Zemo wants to have, like, his country be recognized as a formal country, and so he's manipulating things around the, around the, the, the world, and, uh, Punisher is, like, kicking ass and taking names, and it's just every Punisher story you've ever read, um, okay. but it has bigger characters in it. And, uh, you know, and Baron Zemo's in it, which is like, oh, Baron Zemo's in it. Uh, That's kind of fun. I mean, yeah. I um, oh, but uh, so the Mandarin is part of these schemes. And so the Mandarin is trying to, like, lobby to get this done. And he's at the UN and he meets up with Stark. And uh, I love the idea of, like, the Mandarin lobbying. I know. Well, the, the Mandarin's, like, there, like, up on the <laughs> stage, like, talking about how, like, you know, everything's going to be way better now and blah, blah, blah. And uh, the Punisher stole a, like, magical bullet that can pierce the Mandarin's, like, protective spell. So he just shoots him in the face. Oh. And so you're like, oh, like, Punisher killed a character no one wants to use anymore. That sounds familiar. <laughs> um, and so that story, it's just a, it's just a little Punisher story uh, that kind of, like, sets up Punisher as a, like, key player in the Marvel Universe. <sighs> the book might have been a fun read if the art wasn't so terrible. I don't know if it's terrible, it's just... It's it is distractingly bad. I don't... It's weird. It is so obviously, like, traced and, like, 
borrowed. Like every face is someone's face from Google and every non-organic material is a trace job. Punisher looks like Jigsaw. And the uh, the most egregious for me was when Tony Stark appears and he's literally just tracing Robert Downey Jr.'s face. Well, I, it may not be tracing. If he, like, he might just be using reference too heavily. It's a little too heavy. Like, I, I it's, guess it's I don't so know. Heavy. I, just, it, I don't know. And the panel layout is so, like, it's trying to be, like, f- frenetic and, you know, like, and, and action-oriented. But because, like... I, it, it's borrowing from like I, I I this is a drawing that some this is a picture someone else did that I'm drawing but I have to add a real thing over here and I'm gonna draw this for real and it's just like it's this hodgepodge of like you know, I don't even know what the hell I'm looking at you know at what this doesn't what doesn't do this book any favors the coloring the coloring is very heavy it's just it doesn't fit I think with this artist's style regardless of like mm-hmm. reference or trace or whatever like it doesn't fit yeah. together and i think that just it doesn't bring any good qualities of either of them out it only exacerbates anything negative unfortunately mm-hmm. yeah so i don't know yeah i don't know it's this book is a total damn mess and it's unforgivable for me okay like i think that like for me the faces are the worst part like everybody looks like a bad trace job with like weird uh, bad shading. It just it's a mess. It's very I, it, this seems to just be like this dude's style. Well, which I don't know. It ain't for me. That's fair. You know, that's like fair. that's why there's you know so many different artists. You know, what I mean? yeah. Like, it's just kind of like I don't get it when the big two have an artist that's like not great because because like why you have all the money. Yeah, you have. Thousands of people breaking down your door to work for you. And then you give someone this. And it's a first issue. It's not like, well, right. I knocked the first one out of the park, and then it turns out I'm actually not that great. For me, it, it always baffles me when they can't pair an artist and a colorist. It's like, that's you should know I, this shit I, by that, now. I, that's the part that always perplexes me. You're not wrong about Certainly. that. Uh, yeah, but like this, this, is, this is portfolio level. You know, this is like, look at these. It's like, wow, one day you might be able to draw the Punisher, but not today. So it is a hard pass. Okay. And like Rosenberg might have written a cool story, but it is just buried under what I think to be a subpar comic. Right, right, right. So, boo. I think there was super chat, though. There so. was super chats. So let's say hi to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Mr. Roboto, sorry, no, Wonder Man in the West Coast Avenger, he's, yeah, I know, he's not, he was a West Coast Avenger, he's intrinsically connected to California, well, there's still time. Yeah, maybe they'll, they'll... Plus, like, yeah, and I like Wonder Man, but he's also, like, obnoxious now, like, he's a huge pacifist, and he's like, ooh, like, in No Surrender, he's like, he's like, I'm gonna beat the Hulk by talking to him, and he got the crap knocked out But see, that would be spectacular to have that with Gwenpool on the team. Oh, yeah, that's true. Or just trying to make him do something that's not being a pacifist. Especially if they play it like if Wonder Man was, like, an actor, like an action actor that isn't getting work anymore. Yeah. Like if Jason Statham joined the West Coast Avengers. Like, that'd be actually really cool. Yes. All right, now I'm on board. (laughs) Mr. Roboto, good call, man. Yeah. No Wonder Man? Well, let's let's hold out hope that they're doing something. Right. Uh, yes, that was Punisher. Uh, uh, I guess we could talk about something really fun, like uh, Mr. And Mrs. X. Yeah, let's let's do it. Tell um, us more about Mr. And Mrs. I'm X. I'm loving it. Of course so you are. Well. It, and when you pitched this book to me, like this issue, uh-huh. I was like, yay! Right? Because <laughs> yeah, like 
Rogue and Deadpool have a history. Yes, they do. So tell, and so they explore that in this. Uh, written by Kelly Thompson with art by Oscar Basildua. Okay. B- Basildua. By the I'm way, sorry. Kelly Thomas wrote West Coast Avengers, so no wonder you like this <laughs> Um, yeah, so don't forget last uh, issue that um, Rogue ended up absorbing certain powers that ended up having her outside in space with this crystal thing that turns out to be an egg, and Deadpool scoops her up because he's looking for this egg. Mm. He wants it. He wants the egg, and so does everybody else! Okay. Um, so in this, the Imperial Guard have um, Gambit and Cerise, Cerise. Okay. And Gambit, like, has, like, picked the lock on their cuffs, and so she's free, and she uses this, like, bio-transporter thing, and transport. she's like, I can get rid of the Imperial Guard, and but it'll take me too. Oh, but like, so you got to take care of this. Mm-hmm. Everybody's going to be looking for this thing. Yeah. So she transports everybody else out of the ship except for Gambit. And Gambit's like, okay, <laughs> I'm taking our honeymoon ship and we're, I'm going to fly out after them. Um, because just before that all went down, uh, the Imperial Guard fired on Deadpool's ship, which they saw was cloaked and it like hit them and they crash landed. And oh. so like Gambit's like, he doesn't know first of all, the Deadpool's there. No. And second of all, all he knows is that now Rogue is now crash landed on this like alien planet. So yeah. he's just like, I gotta go save her right now. I just, mm-hmm. I just married her. No. Yeah. Um, so meanwhile, um, rogue and like had woken up last issue and Deadpool was just like, Hey, how you doing? <laughs> and, um, so when they crash land rogue, like just gently walks out of the, like not gently, but she just kind of like saunters out of the ship with the egg and Deadpool's like, right. I forgot how invulnerable you are. <laughs> meanwhile, I have no spleen. So, uh, that's cool. Anyway, so how you doing? Right. Because like he still has, he's like totally still like he's like yeah I totally we should just yeah you just leave Gambit. Right. That's not why he's there. Does but he even just, know that like they're married? Yes. Okay. Yes, he does, and like that even comes up. He's just like thanks for inviting me. She's like it really wasn't planned. Yeah. Like and he's just he's like, like well thanks for inviting me to the to the Colossus wedding. <laughs> but like um like she's essentially she's like how about you just like leave and we don't have to have a huge fight and like we'll like consider that like a wedding gift and he's just like like a one like hundred million dollar gift like like as though like that's what the egg is worth oh i see and he's just like and then, then when that's when it comes up that he did, wasn't invited to the wedding and mm-hmm. he's just like you know and that's going to severely um you know like affect the quality and like of, of the gift i give you <laughs> kind of it's just hilarious like yeah. he's just like he's having a good time like you know Kelly does a really good job of like capturing his voice. Uh, yes, of like of writing like him like just like being like, yeah, but like I'm still gonna take this and I'll still kick your butt, but like mm-hmm. But we're still cool, right? But like, hey, you know, yeah. Gambit's ugly and he smells, right? <laughs> like it's that kind of thing. It's very schoolyard, like, you know, he's just like, but you know, I'm better than him though, remember? Yeah. When we like made out and stuff like that, wasn't that fun? You wanna like, do it again? No. Yeah. <laughs> and that's when Gambit shows up and he's just like, What the hell's happening? He does, he, we don't do that whole thing at all. He's oh, just cool. like, he's like immediately like, they're like, oh, yay. And then they realize that like Deadpool stolen the egg and he's making a run for it. And Ga- and Rogue's like, okay, you have to blow him up, but like not, don't kill him. Yeah. Just, and he's like, mm. Mm. so he like causes, like Gambit does a thing, causes an explosion, let, like knocks Deadpool down and then Gambit like lets him have it fully. Mm-hmm. And she's just like, that was kind of a bit much. Yeah. He's like, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. He's, he's going to come back anyway. Mm-hmm. In which he does, and then um, they have a kind of back and forth just in general about how, like, he wants the egg, just give him the egg, and mm-hmm. they're like, just go away. Like, he's just like, don't you understand? Like, everybody's going to want this. Like, you know, just just give it to me. Come on. Just... <laughs> and, like, that's when, like, and then Gambit finds out that it's worth a lot, and he's like, well, how much? Oh. Um, like, <laughs> Gambit's like, but, I mean, yeah. you know. I mean, I'm a thief. I'm a so thief. Let's do this. Like, just, just, you know. So, um, 
Yeah, Rogue gets a good hit in on um, Deadpool and he drops a grenade on her, pulls mm. the pin, she explodes. And like, you know, Gambit and Deadpool are in like this struggle. Like this, like, it's literally like a schoolyard fight between these two guys now. I like that. Over this egg. And also like Gambit's just like, I hate you. And yeah. Deadpool's like, I mean, she could leave you at any time for me. Cause like, you know, I'm, I'm cause I'm more popular. I'm great. Come on. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> and that's when like TechNet shows up. Okay. And like Rogue is familiar with this team of like alien beings and they go down their powers and who they are. And Rogue's like, okay, guys, here's what we gotta do. We gotta take out this person and that person and try not to get too close because their powers, blah, blah, blah. And she immediately gets like taken down and mm-hmm. Deadpool's like, ha! See, that was great because you were explaining to us that we shouldn't get hit and then you got hit. Anyway, um, uh-huh. <laughs> somebody dives in and like they, um, they, they work as a team, which was oh, interesting. Right. Like they actually like accomplish certain things and like take down TechNet and um, end up like basically. Rogue grabs another teleporter who's there, gets their powers, and teleports the other team away. Oh, okay. And they're like, everyone in this area is coming for it. Like, literally, it's just like, you don't understand. And, like, Rogue is so annoyed at Kitty over yeah. this whole thing. She's just like, cool, awesome. So then the three of them retreat back to the ship because Deadpool's ship is shot, obviously. Right. And um, he's just like, so I'm thinking, you want to go have your honeymoon? Like, you just give me the egg <laughs> and we'll call it a day. And they're like, we're not going to do that. And then, like, Rogue and Gambit are having a conversation about what to do. And, like, Deadpool's like, hey, um, the egg has cracks in it. Oh, no. And so the egg hatches. Mm-hmm. And they're like, and it's like Rogue. It's oh. like a naked Rogue just reaching up saying, help me. Okay. And, like, Gambit's like, well, this honeymoon got a whole lot uh, more interesting. Oh, don't, no. don't you think? Come on. Come uh-huh. on. Um, but like essentially like the next, the thing that's like coming next, they're just like, not more clones and golems. No, it's way weirder than that. Okay. I was like, all right. I'm sold. Yep. <laughs> this honeymoon is officially over. Well, that's like, fun. But I love the fact that now Deadpool is part of this whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Right? Yeah. Like, they're just like, nah, nah. So like Deadpool could, uh, presumably whatever it is, probably some sort of shape changer or something like that. Yeah. But like, I assume Deadpool's going to try really, really hard to, to hit on her. Right. Oh, no doubt. A new rope. Yeah, of course. He's like, all right, well, you're you're married. I'll take this one. Yeah, it's fine, right? Yeah. No. No, no it is not. No, it is not. That's DP. creepy. He's you're a like, creep. I know. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. At one point, like, Rogue gets a hurt, like, grabs one of the, like, um, other guys on TechNet who has, like, crazy, like, shape-changing stuff, and she can't control it for a second. She just looks like a monster. Mm-hmm. And, like, Deadpool leans over to game. He's like, that's going to be pretty hard to, like, forget it you know in, in between the sheets later on but me not me I, that, I dig that kind of thing I'm into that kind of thing like he's just like, trying it up. so hard Gambit's like, like get away from me he calls, he calls Gambit old like he's just like you're old right like you know not, not like me you're not, not even that pretty oh my like, god it's just it's unbelievable he's just constantly just, undercutting yeah him. Just, I like that that's fun Gambit's just like shut up get away from me I married her yeah like, I did it get over it yeah that's sad for Deadpool <laughs> Uh, Peter Parker saying Wonder Man office style Netflix show, please. Oh my God. Yeah, that wouldn't be hard to do. That would be amazing. And uh, W Vang and W O Thirteen, congratulations, seventy thousand subscribers. Thank Been watching you. you guys since the Venom back issues in Sal's Kitchen. It's the first episode. Thank you very much, it's incredible. man. Incredible. Are you guys planning to do a live stream celebration? Yeah, when we get five thousand more, we're doing the seventy-five thousand. Oh, that's a show. great. That's a great idea. Because uh, we're doing it like comic books, where it's like you know every seventy-five, hundred, and hundred fifty, that kind of thing. That sounds awesome. I'm excited. Thank you. That yeah. also gives us a little more time too. Because as we roll into, this is now coming into con season. It's going to be really, like, a lot harder to, like, wrangle everybody's schedules and get yes. everything working. But, uh, but like, hopefully by the time, yeah, 
That, yeah. should, that should all work out. That exactly. should all work out. So, regardless, uh, Mr. and Mrs. X, I enjoy it. It's a high-flying, crazy X-Men sort of... Um, like, Feels like it. Yeah, it's got definitely has like the soap opera-style stuff going on. It has the weird factor. Mm-hmm. We're in space, like... I, it's it's very much like tropey classic yeah. sort of X Men style storytelling. So I'm I'm on I'm still on board. Nice, still loving it. Uh, I'm gonna just really quick talk about this because we are at the hour mark and I don't want to like Ooh, okay. be yeah, here yeah. too long. But uh, Avengers number six from McGinnis and Aaron came out. It wraps up the final host arc. Okay. Uh, for the time being, Odin makes a comment later where he's like, "Oh yes, they've fixed one secret, but what about all the other secrets?" And it's like, I don't care about any of those secrets. Stop teasing! Stop teasing stories. I don't give a shit about. Um, but that being said, uh, the the whole world's gonna end, and Aaron puts a lot of like dialogue in there that basically says like everyone's getting ready for the end of the world because like have you read any of the Avengers? Which is weird. All the Celestials are dying, and Doctor Strange is there, and I just and didn't Strange is straight up no last days of magic. Doctor Strange. Um, I'm bad. But it's yeah, bad, uh, the, all the Celestials are dying to being killed by a team of celestials called the final host there was a host that died there was a celestial that died back a million years ago and it like heaved into the primordial soup that made humanity and the implication by loki who's been trying to manipulate the final host is that uh the reason why there are superheroes and like you know magic herbs that give black panthers and gods and crap like that is because a celestial threw up in the like primordial soup that made humanity and uh That's it's like an, gross. and it's an infection that he had that uh so we're all a mistake we're all an accident mm. and you know captain america and he, he basically says as much in the last issue to captain america cap's like no like even if we are an accident like screw you okay. like, we're gonna take lemons and make lemonade yeah and so uh they and Robbie uh, Ghost Rider ditches the car and then uh, he inhabits the body of one of the dead Celestials, a la the What If book we did on Good, Bad, and Ugly. Oh, and uh, becomes a big Celestial and starts punching okay. Celestials. And uh, Thor does the same thing. The last issue ended on a big cliffhanger where it's like Hulk, She Hulk, um, Thor, and Robbie are just giant and punching big evil Celestials. And that's what happens, and everyone's like, "We're all gonna die, and uh, everything is gonna every, everything's gonna be destroyed." And what's it called? Like, Aaron doesn't show any of this, but he does say it. It's telling, not showing. Uh, where there's like dialogue, where it's like all the hand ninjas are gonna are killing themselves, and all like the priests of Kanchu are like are, are swearing blood oaths to Kanchu, and like basically everybody in the world who's connected to anything Earth like. Uh, even people out in space who know about the Earth are, like, preparing for Earth's final demise. Oh. Which is a cooler description than it is execution. Uh, but that being said, uh, it's, you know, they they win. You know, they punch enough Celestials and, uh, and you know, everything everything turns out great. I mean, it has to. Yeah. They, they find out that, like, well, the, the, the implication is that the... It's not so much, it's it's about interpretation. It's not about, like, that he was throwing up into the parmula soup and it was an accident. It's more like that, like, the universe made it such that the infection was, like, intentional to create a defense against, or, you know, a vaccine against this final host. And so the, the, the defense is humanity. Oh. It is the superheroes. That Like, it was intentionally made. Okay. So that when the final host came something could stop it. And that okay. something is humanity. Right, right, right. And so uh, they link minds, the, the the Avengers, and then, like, attack the Dark Celestials and, like, infect them. 
and they and they go away or die. It's hard to really tell. They're like white blood cells. Yeah, but they don't say that. Okay. But Doctor Strange makes a makes a doctor comment about it. Sure. Uh, and so uh, they win the day. The end. It was like really rushed. It was oh. clearly what happened was Jason Aaron went. Oh, it's six issues. We have to wrap it up. And oh crap! All right, I can do that. Yeah. There. Also, the Eternals are all dead. The Eternals are dead? They died in like the first issue or two. All of them? All of them. All of them. Icarus gives Stark the idea to link minds in the first issue, but he remembers it in this issue. Sorry, Neil Gaiman. Yeah. Well, he didn't create them. Doesn't well, Jack Kirby created them. I know, but he... But he know. wrote that great story, yes. which we may do on back issues. Who knows? I don't know. I doubt it. It's really boring. Yeah, it is. But it's Eternals good. are boring. <laughs> if you ever wanted to find something that I that something about Marvel like like mythology that I find less interesting than the than the Inhumans, it's the Eternals. Uh, so yeah, like uh, it, it's cool, it's fun. If you like bombastic, if you like the Jeff Loeb Ed McGinnis run on Red Hulk, mm-hmm. but you wanted it to be a little more heavier, a little more headier, and it, and 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 to have it like have a little more stakes. That, then you might like the story. Okay. Uh, I thought it was fine. And fine. I had a fun time reading it. Okay. Uh, our colleagues were like, did it feel rushed to you? I'm like, oh, no, it didn't feel rushed. It straight up was. <laughs> uh, but it feels cool, and it might be a fun story someday, like when it's all collected. Uh, okay. Odin does, again, again, like I said, like implicate that there's going to be more, but I couldn't care less. Uh, and then the next story, because like, okay, remember in, in Avengers 1 million or whatever, mm-hmm. Marvel Legacy, when they, they they showed that like teaser image of Ghost Rider riding a Mastodon yes. or whatever? And they were like, and then in, when we finally see them, the Mastodon's dead and we never get to see that shit. And it was like obvious that they just liked the idea, so they made it into a teaser image that they would trick you into buying the book for. Yeah. And then they were like, no, they were never going to do anything like that. Clearly in seven issues, somebody told Aaron, like, you got to put Ghost Rider riding a friggin' woolly mammoth. Mm-hmm. And so the cover of the next issue is Ghost Rider riding a woolly mammoth. Okay. So we're going to get that image in the next issue. So there you go. Promises. Uh, yeah. Made. I guess. It's cool. It's fun. It's mm-hmm. it's very like old school Avengers. We're getting further and further away from what I like about the Avengers. Right, right, Because right. like I thought the Avengers were like, here's a group of people that I don't read, want to read individual comics about that do, that fight like the stranger or deal with the Kree Supreme Intelligence. And I'm like, okay. I don't care about that. I want to read about Daredevil and Spider-Man. Right. And then when Ben is like, New Avengers, it's about those characters that you like and that you find interesting, dealing with problems that you find fascinating. Uh, Yeah. And then like the second they put a vision on that team, I'm like, oh no, here we go. Here we go. (laughs) So anyway, uh, it's old school classic Avengers kind of action. So if you like that kind of thing, which I know most of you do, I think you should check it out. Uh, And finally, Tiffany did. Wait, hang on. Oh, uh, sorry. Will I am golden saying hi. Hi. Hello. How are you? Hope it's going well for you, man. Thank you very much for the super chat. Uh, I won't do this very long, uh, just because I know we're over our time. It's true. It's here. true. But I did want to say really quickly, uh, my thing that I read this week that was independent um, was Cold Spots by Cullen Bunn because Cullen Bunn. Well, of course, he's like one of the only creators you've never I met. I swear. Yeah, I know, right? I swear he's like trying to become the, the Stephen King of comic books. Um, is he succeeding? Yeah, in a way. What was it? I was thinking about... What's that And by line? the way, I know that um, Joe Chill is actually Stephen King's son, and he actually does write comic books as well. Yeah. But I mean, legitimately, like, he's just pumping stories out. But he mm-hmm. does a lot of horror, and that's what we're talking about here. Cold Spots is a horror book um, with a supernatural element to it. 
um, drawn by Mark Torres, which is like super gritty, like really like illustratory looking. I really dig it. It really seems to fit for this nature of the story. Um, it focuses on a gentleman who is really good at finding people. Yeah. And um, he gets called in. This guy's like, hey, I said I never wanted to see you again, but you know what? You're the best at what you do, basically. And I need you to find my daughter and my granddaughter. And like, he's shocked by this because as it turns out that's actually his ex-wife oh. and his unborn child he didn't know about, oh, I guess, in okay. a way. And uh, the girl has is special. And uh, it turns out that like the butler encouraged her, the mom, to take to go somewhere to like learn more about whatever was going on. Okay. And um, that place is like an island, so mm-hmm. they got the Stephen King element going yep. on there. So this guy's trying to catch the ferry over there, um, can't do it because the ferry's not in, in, in working order anymore. Because the island folk on the island said no more people can come over. We're okay. done. We don't want visitors anymore. Oh. Something's going on, and we saw earlier on kind of what's going on on the island when we see like this elderly gentleman who's like like sitting at home and like he asks his wife for something he's like oh it's really cold in here checks the thermostat it's like said like 75 but it's clearly not working okay goes into the kitchen his wife's like standing like doing the dishes she's just staring out the window mm-hmm. and he's just like did you hear me like what are you what are you doing mm-hmm. and he's just like oh i'm just watching our boys play and he's like honey no you're not our boys are and he looks out the window and there's like these two like shadowy ghost figures like playing in the yard mm. um we see that later on because the gentleman who tells the guy who um that the ferry is no longer operating yeah like is hanging out and all of a sudden like who first i offers the guy a room which is like well you could you could charter a boat but only in the morning and he's just like let me guess you have a room i can stay in <laughs> he's just like the key give him the key and um he's hanging like the guy who offered the key and like is I guess the runner of the ferry and the inn and the chartering and all that stuff is just like oh my gosh I I, I never thought you'd come back like he's staring off at the shadow mm-hmm. and all of a sudden he sees like either a, an old girlfriend or like his wife and like he's just like oh you came back I can't believe it like we'll make it work now it's gonna be totally Aww. fine and our protagonist goes back in and he finds the guy on the floor like he's dripping blood but he's also like made out of ice. And I'm like, oh. yep, I'm in. Mm-hmm. This is like some sort of like crazy Silent Hill Stephen King hybrid. Yep. Yep. That's that's a big it's just that's check. a big Y for Tiffy. Yep. Seriously. Totally in. And also, apparently, if you get I tried to make the link work by typing it out because I had it digitally, but if you have like the actual like book, mm-hmm. there's a QR code in the back. Mm. Because Mark Torres is also writing music for it. So each like there's a soundtrack to the book. So I haven't actually been able to hear it yet. That's cool. But like you can get like for this issue there's a there's like the first like theme out for it called yeah. like Reunion. And you can listen to that while you're reading this book. And cool. I was like fun. It's called Cold Spots Cold from Image. Spots by Image and Cullen Bunn. There you go. Uh, so now let's jump into some recommendations. Before we do that I want to say hi to the super chat again because uh, in the super chat, we have Justin Beckford, who was at the live taping of oh. Good, Bad, and Ugly. Keep trying to send this as a damn super chat. Lol, keep up the great work. Thank you so much, Justin. Well, thank and thank you. you for coming to the show. Uh, by the way, if you are not familiar, uh, we've been pimping out a live taping of our other show, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, mm-hmm. uh, which was really fun, and it was, we really want to thank everybody who came. Uh, that episode comes out tomorrow, so awesome. keep an eye out for it. Uh, yeah, uh, so let's jump into some recommendations for books yeah, that are coming you, out. You go ahead and jump on in there, because this is like, for some reason, I keep forgetting that this is part of the show, and I don't know why, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, ha! Uh, Extermination number two comes out from Ed Brisson, Pepe Larraz, Mark, and Mark Brooks. Uh, if you haven't read Extermination number one, I recommend it. I think it's awesome and fun. 
Uh, I dig it, and it's going to basically... Marvel is working out a thing where they're like, okay, so remember how, like... There was a time, if you're, not, if you're new to comics and stuff, there was a time when mutants were the default power for everybody. Mm. And X-Men was the best-selling book that Marvel made. Mutants and X-Men were their biggest thing. It's why X-Men's one of the first Marvel, Marvel movies that they made. So, like, you know, they started with the most, like, profitable stories. So they're going to be starting to do a big push for X-Men, and they're going to make X-Men, like, the number one book again. Okay. So Uncanny X-Men's coming back. And so mm. they got to set the stage, and they got to make it more accessible. So as a result, um, they're going to get rid of the O5. And, or we figure out something to do with them. Either way, uh, also, they're shuffling anything Bendis-related away. Yeah, they really seem to be hitting that hard. So the original five are going away. And that's where Extermination comes in. If you don't like them, or if you're interested in what's, the, what's to come for the future of Marvel's X-Men... Extermination number two is a must pick up. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, Marvel two and one number nine came out or is coming out. Uh, they're, they they're teasing the return of the Fantastic Four. Her her the Fantastic Four coming back in their main book. This is going to be <laughs> a uh, like a misdirection. It's alternate realities. Chip Zdarsky, Ramon K. Perez, and Gerardo Jafino. Uh, pick up this book. It's the best title Marvel's putting out. If you want like Marvel comic superhero stories, <clears throat> that was a lot to say. <laughs> uh, but it's incredible uh, it's a great book it's just a must buy for me and uh, the, I just wanted to say there's a hilarious joke uh, Hunt for Wolverine Dead Ends number one is coming out uh, it is so ironic that they titled it this way because the whole Hunt for Wolverine saga has been a straight up dead end as far as comics are concerned like what the crap are you doing with your six tie-ins about Wolverine in which none of them like have Wolverine in them? And now they're finally like tongue-in-cheek winking at you by being like, here's one called Dead Ends. They might as well call the next one Hunt for Wolverine, You Wasted All Your Money. And I just think it's hilarious that they made a book about that. And they, of course they put Charles Soule on it because who doesn't want to put Charles Soule on another freaking Marvel comic? Uh, what else do you have for recommendations? Um, just really quickly, if you guys are into uh, Edge of Spider-Geddon, number one, number two is coming out. That'll fe- feature a different character, so that's what they're doing. It's just like so Edge the of edges Venom. of and yeah. Edge of Spider-Verse as well. Yep, exactly. We're just leading up to it that way. We're just going to be breaking it down, introducing characters that may or may not actually feature heavily in that, or just kind of giving you an idea of like a hint at the story yep, to just come. reminding you of the cool skins you can download for the Spider-Man PS4 well, game. that too. So that's, like, you know, if you're into that, go for it. I kind of enjoyed the first one. Yeah, you so really enjoyed I'm not, the first I'm not one. saying like, Go grab this. I'm just saying, if you're interested, it's coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, also, since I just mentioned Mr. and Mrs. X number two, they're doing a reprint of number one. So if you missed out on it and want to go grab that, it'll be available again this week. Second printing on that yeah. one. Um, also, if you guys enjoyed those DC Warner Brothers crossovers and you're a Harley Quinn fan, Harley Quinn is crossing over with Gossamer. The big red monster. Oh, okay. <laughs> the one who leads such interesting lives. Yes, exactly. Yay. So I've got a feeling we're going to be getting a very classic Bugs Bunny style story out of that. But we'll see. No we'll doubt. We'll see how that goes. Um, but then truly my recommendation this week, a solo number five. You know, I love this book. It's just a beautiful looking book. Really fun, um, interesting fantasy style story. This Ghibli-esque world. This like not Miyazaki work, but like, man, if he could do something with that, that'd be pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, so number five of that will be coming out this week. That's so. awesome. Yep, there you go. Yeah, so there you have it, everybody. Those are the books that we read, that we checked out, that we think you should check out as well, or that you should pass on. Of course, we'll see you guys next time with another episode of the Off the Rack. Uh, I'm not sure if we're going to move the show to another day, but for now, we won't do it until we let you know. Because we're certainly not sure, especially because next week, because it's 
Monday's a holiday, but we might be doing something on Sunday. Yeah, Monday holidays, might be really screwed so up, so we'll just let you know. We'll see. We'll, we'll just be check out our... Uh, our social medias. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I'll try to make a video that says something at some point. Sure. But if not, at least watch our uh, YouTube or our Twitters. Uh, at the real zoobs at Sal says what welcome newcomers and yes. old comers as well and we'll see you guys next time and stay tuned tomorrow for good bad and the ugly uh, coming back uh, shot exclusively at Zap Comics in Wayne, New Jersey that was a lot of fun. Uh, and of course uh, just as a quick reiteration uh, Philly Con uh, Wizard uh, no not Wizard uh, Keystone Comic Con in Pennsylvania Philadelphia Pennsylvania September 15th you can see all of us uh, that's all four of us from Comic Pop in a live panel and uh, we're also going to be a few other places as well. Mm -hmm. So uh, if you like Comic Store, and he's going to be there too. We're going to be all hanging out. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yep. So check out the link in the chat right now. And of course, in the description box below this video. And we'll see you guys then. I'm Sal. And I'm Tiffany. Thanks a lot for watching. Bye, guys.